Hello and welcome to another episode of Software Should Be Free with myself, Tim Abel, and my co-host, David Sheardown. Hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, today, uh, as you may know, I have been um, getting my head into the systems integration space uh, with a view to building a new business in that space. Um, and I've been learning all sorts of tidbits from my good friend, David. So today, David, I want to... Extract all that from your brain and learn a bit more about what you know about um, systems integration. Um, so, uh, I don't know if you can share too much about your actual work. Um, so it's it's up to you how much you want to share on that front. Yeah, that's okay. um, But let's start with like how did you get into the systems integration space at all, and what are you up to now? Well, the the first part was. Um, uh, evidently, with uh, a lot of things in my life, it, it was accidental, really. Um, that's probably not strictly true, because I had years and years and years ago been involved in, um, I suppose, in quotes, system integration, way back, um, <coughs> excuse me, in the days of sort of minis, mainframes, and when, you know, PC networks were first came on the screen, on the scene. Um, uh, that that was to do with exactly that. There were just different systems that needed data getting pushed from here to there and things of that nature. So it's sort of been around a long time in in my past, I suppose. But uh, but the recent incarnation, I suppose, was um, I don't know really. I think uh, you know from a development background primarily. You know, I really enjoy it, but I think there were, there was a pivotal point actually where. Um, I came out of one contract, and uh, there was a there was a you know a, I like everything. I just put a cast a, a wide net to see what was out there. Um, I think at the time I I sort of realised or wanted to go probably back to permanent from contracting at the time because it suited mm -hmm. what was going on in my life and everything at the time. But um, but there was I was funny enough presented with well there, there were fortunately there were a few other jobs that I didn't quite progress but there were two really uh, and one was a definitely a I, I forget what it was it was a solution architect role or something like that but a really a hands-on developer sort of role um, and um, the other one was uh, where I am now I, I mean I can say that anyway it's codeless platforms used to be Orbis mm -hmm. software uh, when I joined anyway and it was a, a bit of a different take because again Coming from the development side, um, you know, I, I realized, I, you know, I, I definitely and I still do love, you know, coding and everything that goes with it. But I think I just felt like uh, maybe it was my age or something. I'm not sure. But I felt like I just wanted a bit of a change. And and even though the other job that was offered to me, uh, I forget even the name and things, but it looked really interesting. It was for, for something to do with the, the medical sort of industry or somewhere in there about medical, like, you know, testing and all that sort of stuff. It, it looked like a really interesting job, but I got the feeling that, but, you know, and it happened to me in, in the past with uh, another role where it was a great job. There was some mobile development Azure at the time, and and it was brilliant for a year and a half or so, or maybe two. Uh, and then you sort of get into just the business as usual type, you know. And you know, I, I felt that with this other uh, job that was on offer, that it it was exciting and interesting, but 
uh, I could see it very quickly becoming, you know, quite a, you know, well, you're in maintenance mode or whatever. It's not, you know, and I know if this is right, uh, you know, it's true of any um, uh, company in a lot of ways, unless you're in some sort of agency or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, that's why it, it sort of took me to this um, really uh, different job for me. Um, it felt like, well, yep, you know, looked like there was a lot of scope for things to learn. Um, so again, you you know, from what I could see and feel and hear from the interviews and stuff like that, that, you know, it had a, a, a lot of breadth also for different environments, different industries even. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I took that, you know, and it was, um, it was primarily as a, you know, an integration consultant, I guess. Um, do you know what? I can't even remember what the official job title was, but anyway, um, but it was in that, that, and it was really to do with um, the product was a piece of middleware basically, and it integrated with lots of things. One of its big things was ERP slash accounting systems, and everything oh, from we have to define what middleware is and what ERP is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, middleware, I suppose, is. Um, that's a really good point, actually. It, it, it is. It's a bit of software that usually um, is a server-based piece of software uh, and literally just sits um, in the middle of, you know, whether it's integrating with system A or system B. Mm. Um, it's usually got, you know, a bit of scope in there for connecting to multiple types of systems. Mm. Uh, ERP, um, realistically is uh what is it enterprise resource planning which doesn't mean anything uh when I, whenever i take say that to anybody who's not in the industry they've got no idea even when you say the right name but it's ultimately everything from a manufacturing system to an accounting system basically and it's putting it in a very small nutshell that but usually uh these erp systems are, are that you know it, it can handle it certainly has got the base of accounting, you know, processing invoices, sales orders, all those sorts of things. Uh, but but generally speaking, the ERP bit is um, because it's it's usually got elements of manufacturing, processing, you know, um, purchasing and sourcing of um, all that sort of stuff. So, mm. yeah, so that that's in, in a very small nutshell, uh, that side. But um, but yeah, the, the you know, so the role was actually quite varied. Um, we had lots of different flavors of these ERP accounting systems. And we certainly had lots of other systems that we integrate with. There was a lot of e-commerce type systems like your Amazons and your Shopify's and um, all of that as well. But it wasn't just e-commerce. It was, um, you know, there were lots of other types of systems. And therein lies the, for me personally, um, it was a lot of, variety and a lot of i must admit i didn't i'd certainly underestimated the the sort of skill set that was behind it um because mm. even though we're technically you're technically working with this piece of middleware this integration platform um you very quickly it's it's quite obvious that you need to know um you know you, you certainly need to know about databases there's no doubt about that but mm-hmm. um often you really do have to get up to speed on all of these sort of erp systems and not not to the depth that you're going to be a, a consultant in any of those but certainly mm-hmm. across all of those platforms um you know even in like say amazon it's not being you know an amazon specific expert but there's obviously a depth that you need to know if you're going to be integrating with that 
um, platform. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think that was it. It was really the fact that it was, um, you know, and, and it's true, and it's true even of today, is that, you know, there's a lot of, um, lot of variety, even though there's a lot of similarities, you know, there is um, a lot of stuff that, you know, keeps, keeps you on your toes. Yeah. Mm. So going back to what someone said earlier in there about the, the early days of um, systems integration, you make a good point that I hadn't really thought about it in the, the bigger context. And it, it talks to the fact that this is like ERP, a little bit of a woolly term in terms of like integration of systems has been a thing since there were really systems. Um, so mm. in, in the broader sense, we're just sort of talking about anything connecting to anything. And this is where I think it's just such an interesting space. Mm. <clears throat> um, and this is my voyage of discovery for this business is like, okay, so it's a good area of focus, but you know, what, what are all the nuances? What are all the areas, which are the bits that people really need help with right now? Um, and you know, what is, what is systems integration to people today? So I, I talked to someone else the other day and uh, they were talking about power apps and that's a, <clears throat> I'll get into that one a bit later, but that's an interesting um, different approach, like cloud native approach to all this stuff. Um, so one thing you mentioned there that I think is well worth drilling into is this variety of skills that that you need and the variety of work that's out there. Um, so as you said, the, the terms themselves don't really light up the path very much. Like you hear systems integration, ERP, middleware. Okay, even as a programmer, like I know sort of roughly what they mean. You know, middleware is something that sits between two other systems. Um, that could be um, on a um, like a web server stack. It could be um, like a piece of software that sits between two REST-based services. It's sort of one of these general general terms, and same with mm. ERP. Mm. It's like the enterprise is on the, the emphasis rather <laughs> is on enterprise, um, and in the it has sort of slowly dawned on me that like. ERP generally means like physical retail of some sort manufacturing. Um, mm. That's where that's the that's what the resource bit of it means, isn't it? It's like yeah, yeah. What is, very what is the resource yeah. that we are planning? <laughs> yeah, that's where that's yeah. all come from. Um, so maybe, maybe drill a bit more into like what are the like specific tech that you actually see like the most common ones and the ones that you see occasionally, um, and maybe a little bit about how Codeless fits into that. As a, mm. as a thing practically would be would be really cool to hear a bit more about yeah 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 so from the from the tech perspective you mean um you know what tech skills you need to know or what you come across or things like that is that yeah is that in terms of what yeah. you come across yeah. and what you so yeah. you know there's there's something you have to do in in your day job or one of the consultants day jobs that yeah um you know, yeah. From what from what I've heard, like the examples of like some customer is running a, a SAP. Uh, there's another one we might have to define <laughs> a SAP. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Something something needs to integrate that. But what does that like kind of? Yeah, yeah. What what are all these technologies? What do they do? And what does actually sitting down and so-called integrating them really look like? Yeah. Well, the, the it's, it's an interesting one actually because a, a lot of um, a lot of these ERP accounting systems um, are still ultimately based on SQL of some sort, whether that's Oracle or Microsoft SQL mm. or 
you know, whatever it might be. So, so certainly there's an element of um, SQL knowledge that you definitely, uh, and it's weird. It's one of those things that everybody thinks they know SQL. Uh, and I've got the same problem, by the way. You know, you think, yeah, I know enough about SQL. Uh, mm. but, but, and it's true, but you, you tend to be presented with different challenges because it's the way that, um, well, first of all, looking at all the different schemas that are out there, mm. you know, and again, you're never so going to be prepared. It's kind of like um, looking yeah. under the hood of a car that someone else managed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, the engines, all, all engines generally, well, you know, I know you've got electric engines and all the rest of it, but, mm. uh, but generally speaking, all engines are, you know, generally the same, but the way they, you know, the way that all the other ancillary stuff around it is, um, or can be, uh, different so fundamentally mm. yep they're the same and uh, that mm. that goes with uh, a lot of these systems is that yeah it's looking and understanding schemas and mm. also um really putting that into context when it does come to integration you know what's the what's the in quotes best way of getting that data uh, out of that system mm. and the reason i mentioned that because it leads to another point as well is that consequently with the integration space you know you are dealing with Obviously, usually, um, you know, for reading data, most systems will give you access to, you know, the, the raw database. Yeah, so you can do reads, right. not a problem. Uh, is, that, that, is that supported by the vendors? Is that something, or is this? Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of the time, the yeah. A lot of the time, those ERP vendors are uh, quite happy for you to connect and read data. Mm. Certainly, not doing any updates, but of course. What I was going to say, you know, the the the, the other side of uh, the sort of tech, if you like, skill set is is really a lot of these other sort of systems that don't allow you to connect to the databases for obvious reasons. You know, talking like Amazon, you know, Shopify, uh, their e-commerce systems, I know, but you've got you get a lot of web service basically uh, systems out there that, mm. of course, you're never going to see their database uh, at yeah, all. These are the SaaSes and the uh, yeah exactly software as a service yeah 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 and uh, more and more uh, systems that even were traditionally on premise are going that way so mm. you know uh, and and obviously you've got courier integration sort of things with you know shipping information to you know companies like fedex dpd whatever it might be again mm. all through apis so um and that's another challenge is because you know even though we'd like to think we're in a perfect age of APIs these days, you know, mm. you've got a lot of like SOAP APIs that are still out there. There's no doubt about it. You've got REST APIs that sort of act like a SOAP API. Uh, and then mm. when you get into the REST uh, API world, you know, which is your modern day sort of stuff, isn't it? Um, you've got mm. all the authentication uh, schemes that can go along with that. Um, so as a, from an integration perspective, it, it's again, you don't have to be necessarily an expert in all of those things, but you certainly have to be aware. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, it's like the resourcefulness, you know, you have to yeah, know where to start looking for this sort of information. So, mm. um, you know, when you, especially when you get to things like web service authentication, it's, it's like, well, there's so many ways that companies will implement different authentication schemes. Sometimes it's quite straightforward, Sometimes it really isn't, um, so and then it's on on yeah. the on the like. So I sort of see this so far from what I've I've learned is you've got kind of a an inbound inbound flow of customers who hit uh, like a web front end 
or maybe a customer service system like uh, Shopify uh, or Magento or something. And then you've got an ERP system that's managing, say, inventory and manufacturing and a delivery system. And they don't really talk to each other. We, we didn't get the, the promised land of uh, web service discovery and them all just magically connecting up. So there's this, there's this vacuum in the middle where mm. there might be a person initially when a business is just getting off the ground who's just like shunting orders manually from spreadsheet to, to spreadsheet. Um, and then that, as, the, as their scale of commerce grows, that just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, so, so you're talking about how you practically get these things hooked together. Um, is, is it worth mentioning at that point, like how Codeless fits into that? Because in, in theory, yeah. you could say, well, surely, surely Shopify knows how to connect to SAP, for example, as an ERP. Mm. Yeah, you'd be really surprised um, with those sorts of things. Now, you do tend to find, you know, you've got your Zapiers out there, you know, these sort of consumer-based integration tools that are not to under undervalue them. They, you know, they are very good and they've got a lot more, uh, certainly Zapier and a few other things like that out there, uh, power apps that you've mentioned, uh, no doubt, as mm. well. And um, they're all getting uh, more and more sophisticated. And what it is, it's where there's a, I think where the codeless sort of BPA platform comes in is that um, there's a, a real thing where if you've got point to point integration, yeah, and it's just one way, you're not bothered about any massaging of data, then you'll probably find other tools out there. And there's probably point to point integrations that, that you know, can do the job, but you tend mm. to find ERP systems, especially, they're quite, um, for instance, they don't just suddenly open up their API. You know, you have to become a certified developer, say, on SAP or Sage or mm -hmm. Microsoft Dynamics or whatever it might be. Uh, so to provide that integration, as you quite rightly said, why can't Shopify just talk to SAP? Well, I think they could. They've certainly got the money and the financial resources to do so. But it's, yeah. um, is it their core product? Probably not. Do they want to invest, you know, um, ten thousands of dollars and whatever and resources at it? Probably not. So, mm. so that's where you just throw up an API yeah. and say it's someone else's problem. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. So, so that means that even though you've got like say Shopify and SAP and they both have APIs, at the end of the day you're left having to plug the two things together with custom development or some tool that you can find. Yeah. 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 And that, that's the thing. If you've got a, a really trivial sort of um, simple sort of point to point integration, you, you could probably, you know, say, for instance, if Zapier did have a, a SAP um, connector or something like that, then the way that it probably would work is that you would have a, a simple batch of data getting transferred from A to B. Um, but the problem with that, you know, that, that you tend to find, and that's why uh, on the higher end of the scale you've got things like MuleSoft um, that Salesforce bought where it's really about you know major uh, sort of enterprise you know very large enterprise sort of integration and even when you think back to the day um, if people are in a Microsoft world uh, you know you had your biz talks and things like that which mm -hmm. you know it's that or orchestration as well as the integration mm -hmm. <coughs> excuse me sorry um, and you know you you tend to find that the reality of integration it isn't just point to point. You know, there's there's data shaping, there's data validation, there's mm. um, granular level of um, what's failed and what worked, um, mm. 
you know, we've even got it uh, in today's age with SAP and some other vendors. They've, they've got obviously um, import facilities and things like that, but they tend to be quite um, basic really in, in a lot of ways where if you're importing a, a batch of a thousand orders, say for instance, if one of those fails, the whole thing fails and you have to go and fix what's gone wrong and retry the whole thing again. Um, you know, uh, whereas... So you're talking you know, about, in, in terms of the business sense, like you might have a thousand orders come in, which is a decent amount of money. Mm, one of them mm. has a problem and then none of them get fulfilled. That's right. Not until you fix the issue and it's holding yeah. all of that. And then you're holding up the warehouse, you're holding up yeah. everything else that goes, so, flows so along you want with some that. decent yeah. intelligence in the bit in the middle, the middle where the, the yeah, codeless BPA. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, and that, that's where things like BPA, yeah. It gives you that granular level because yeah. it is just gluing together system a and system b you you're yeah. essentially creating a a process flow and yeah. that process flow is quite granular what you can actually do with it it certainly isn't at the coding level but it's you know it's the step up from that i suppose but yeah. you can still but, do a lot of things um, on that note, just yeah. remind me what bpa stands for in codeless yeah uh, business process automation so is, is that is that a product name or is that a, an industry term as far as you know. Well, funny enough, actually, it's a product name for Codeless, but ironically, it is sort of an industry term like business process. Uh, you might you might also come across pr uh, business process management (BPM). Um, so I guess maybe I don't know. I didn't come up with that name, but I can only assume that maybe <laughs> maybe when they thought, hmm, yeah, we're an automation company. We deal with yeah. business processes. You know, there you go. There's there's the name. So yeah. So. So from what I've, what I've seen, Codeless is like this really mature piece of software that's got many capabilities, is super configurable. And on the, on the face of it, again, just taking the simplistic view, okay, so we can't just take Shopify and say, hey, connect to SAP and it all just magically works. Well, maybe we can just take Codeless and plonk that in the middle and everything magically works. So is, is that it? Can you, can you literally just buy Codeless and solve your problem? Or is there a bit more to it than that? Um. Well, there's always, it's never quite straightforward, but ultimately, yes, is the answer. And yes, because as a company, they've produced a lot of those types of integrations. So they have a lot of that, you know, that, that process automation ready to at least be adapted. And it may be that you're 80, 90% there with that integration, but you may need, you know, when it comes down to things like mapping. Uh, mm -hmm. So when you're mapping data from say Shopify to SAP Business One or something like that, obviously not every company will be exactly the same, even though the concept of a sales order is a sales order in every system. You know, there's always a bit of, you know, detail there that, that's a bit different, but, but mm -hmm. generally speaking, yes. Um, and the other thing I'd say as well, and this is probably true of other integration platforms. So it's not trying to say it's just mm. um, BPA is that, you know, you, you, you can start with certainly a two way, you know, or a one way integration or two way integration between two systems. But there's also more and more these days where you've got, like, like I mentioned, warehouse management systems, you know, managing all of that courier integration. So you can easily get to a point where you're not just doing system A and system B, you've now got system A, system B, but system C, D, and possibly E as well. Yeah. No, no, not, to, not to even mention some of the larger customers that may have like multiple Shopify stores around the world. Gosh, um, so it more of a hub 
to yeah it does indeed in fact exactly that because how do you synchronize all of your stock and price information you know in mm. as, well i would never say real time but certainly in a timely manner to timely. all of those other platforms yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so in terms of when these systems are getting set up um obviously once they're running they somewhat hand, look after themselves um so what's the gap that you see in terms of people having to come in and configure these things and like do work like so it's it's not going to be the chief exec just pushing install or like buying a zap <laughs> as it were yeah, it's, yeah. is codeless men, meant more for on-site are they going to be like connecting to servers and setting stuff up that yeah, way yeah i mean traditionally yeah yeah, I would agree. A lot of these ERP accounting systems were um, very much on-premise, and that's where BPA would sit. But more and more, um, including uh, SAP and a lot of these accounting systems, they're very much going cloud-based, uh, mm -hmm. SaaS-based, and um, BPA is catching up with that as well. I mean, at the moment, yeah. it's essentially deployed on you know, a server, um, mm -hmm. which theoretically and is mostly uh, virtual machines these days so uh, realistically they they can be anywhere and um you know we've even got um you know there's the situations where you know for whatever reason to do with their company's infrastructure or whatever that you may have as you will in these sort of systems that you could have bpa running in in sort of like aws azure or whatever your cloud platform mm. is but maybe it still needs to access your on-premise resources and of course mm -hmm. generally that's going to be through some sort of like secure vpn or something of that nature so mm -hmm. you know there are there are all sorts of elements around there and there's so many hybrid environments that we've worked with um but more and more of course it is going you know um full cloud-based so for instance with microsoft dynamics you know business central is one example there's a few mm -hmm. um where now it's a full hosted you know cloud environment your your mm -hmm. erp is now totally in the cloud so you know bpa just sits in the cloud mm -hmm. somewhere near there if you like or you know yeah. on a vm that's in that environment uh, in the cloud and uh, yeah so it, it's, so it's going more and more yeah presumably yeah. in terms of actually getting set up and getting these things connected it's going to be more of an engineering type person that's going to do the work yeah uh, sorry yeah to address that yeah yeah and yeah cool and um Presumably, there's going to be some work, maybe depending on where the systems sit, of like talking to IT and getting them to punch holes through to allow communication between these systems. And yeah, then, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And then um, configuring BPA to do what this specific business needs in terms of what their business yeah. rules are and shunting things around. So, some of this yeah. I understand is point and click, and some of it is a bit more yeah, yeah. Cody. Yeah. Well, the, the, the interesting thing there actually is that, yeah, there's, there's always going to be IT infrastructure sort of work involved in, in these things, uh, mm -hmm. generally speaking. It's just the nature of it, isn't it? Uh, but just to address the point where you're absolutely right, you know, we tend to get a mix of people who use or, and create these business processes. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, yeah, it helps, I think, if you, well, certainly if you've got some SQL exposure, because there are, you know, there's definitely, um, you know, sort of situations where you need to interact at a SQL level. Most of the time, I'll be honest, it, it's fairly rudimentary 
sort of sequel that you need to know. Um, and that's why we tend to find we've got a mix of people like even like BAs, and I don't mean even BAs, I don't mean it in a derogatory way, but I'm just saying, you know, BAs and through to people who are more, maybe more on the technical spectrum, like from a development background. But, you know, it, you, you don't, you certainly don't need to be a developer to use that. Um, you know, there's a there's an awful lot that you can do without, you know, dropping down to the the lower level uh, for sure. Um, yeah, and the, so. the thing about the being a developer is that implies cost because development is yeah. slow, slow and expensive, yeah. Yeah, relatively yeah. speaking, yeah. compared to yeah. configuring. And, and you tend to find that a lot of the a lot of the people that if we're dealing with and, and again it's not exclusively to do with e-commerce and ERP systems, but certainly that you know that's a big chunk of um, what what we see and i think what the industry sees but you do have a, a situation where you know you might be a an sap consultant or a sage consultant and sure you might be from a development background but you might not mm. be you might be from an accounting background but you've just got to to the point where you're helping companies implement these erp systems um they're mm. the types of people that we tend to find that we get building building processes mm. um you know yes there'll be a mix there and you will get developers in the mix for sure but it's not exclusively uh, in in that realm for sure mm. excellent right mm. i think we might be out of time that was a yeah. superb whistle stop of uh, yeah what a rather rapid integration <laughs> ra rapid run through there yeah definitely yeah cool all right i think we'll, we'll call it a day and uh, i'll catch up with you soon and just say to everyone listening Thanks very much for listening. I hope you got something out of that. Uh, please do give us a shout on the usual channels, Twitter, uh, email is all good. You can find us through the website. Um, and uh, that has been another episode of Software Should Be Free. <laughs>